or Bariga Pod Podcasts. This is Dead Cinema Society, a show concerned with the revitalization of cinema out food entertainment. My name is Chris. What's up, society? Yosh here. It's the return of Robert Bersan. We've seen a couple of his films on the show, and he's returning for a third time with his 1957 prison escape film, A Man Escaped, aptly titled film. Yes, a man does escape, and yes, this is one of our best conversations yet on the program. I hope you feel the same way. Give us a subscribe on YouTube, check out our Patreon, and without any further ado, here's our epic conversation on A Man Escaped. I'll start with this one. Sure. Um, So, Man Escaped, so, um, well, we're used to Brisson films having pretty dour endings yeah um, pessimistic endings uh as aaron's pointed out what we've watched mouchette mm-hmm. and diary of a country diary priest. of a country priest just Super those two dour. right mm-hmm. yep mm. so yeah both in the diary of a country priest still sticks with me i think about that film sometimes um well so does mouchette anyways both of those films are pretty dour i feel like we're missing one wasn't there one more i don't know no, we haven't done uh, any of his later works. Yeah. Were, Who did it. 300 blows? 400 blows? Or 400, sorry. That, was, uh... that might have been <laughs> No, yeah, it was Truffaut. Truffaut, Truffaut. Yeah, Truffaut. Ah, okay. Yeah, because that was a French film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have my mind that he did that one. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to see an optimistic Brisson, in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked this movie. I really did. I, it was, you know, the first half was a bit difficult, um, but then when you kind of got used to the pacing, which is always sort of, there's always like an acclimation period with the Brisson film, mm-hmm. to sort of getting back into that mindset and just being patient with it, with it slowly unfolding. But um, once it got going, it got going, and I was able to sort of just enjoy it. And um, yeah, you know, this is, the, Brisson's work is the definition of our show. It's not... Nothing, no cut is made for entertainment value. He strives to take entertainment out of his films, I would say. And, you know, every single cut is very purposeful and uh, for a reason. And uh, I gave A Man Escaped 8.5. Whoa. Fuck. Okay. Wow. 8.5. It's a high rating. That's it. Is. High praise. High praise. Who are you passing it to there, Yoshi boy? Um, well, let's go ahead and beef the score up before it's brought down, so we'll go to Paul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of accurate. But... <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's, uh, it's funny how you started the conversation about this movie. Do you think a man escaped? And, of course, that's what the Softy brothers talk about in the... Uh, the little criterion uh, interstitial about you know when they get into the dvd room and the two of them are joking about the oh, man yeah. escape and like does he escape yes he does <laughs> um yeah it, you know it's funny it, we also we were uh teasing out a few things at the opening and i uh yeah this had the to me the, the sort of the penultimate or ultimate uh french ending uh there go our two escapees um, into the night, smoke. I mean, it was probably the closest to like a cinematic moment that I think I've seen in a Brisson film. I thought, wow, this uh, feels like I'm watching 
an American film from the 40s and 50s. Are you going to come back? I'll come back, dear. You know, it was just beautiful to see that at the end. And it was, to your point, Yoshi, it was very uplifting because, yes, we're this chronicles the life of a resistance fighter who is very exactly detailing what his days are like and every seemingly plodding step in his great escape, mm. which probably for an American audience is like, oh my God, this exposition is going to drive me nuts. But what I loved about it is how it really captured the claustrophobia. And again, you know, we... Because we have we've seen this in, in his other works where we're either inside the church or we're uh, we've got the family and and we're in a space and as you said at the top of the show that just these one set pieces where we are you could feel the claustrophobia and the curiosity and maybe the uh, uh, tr you know something traitorous might happen and you know backstabbing so. It was, I just, I was on board. Once I kind of, you, I thought at the beginning it was funny, we were, t we were laughing about whether he got shot or, or not, and I, I, I was like, oh, okay, no, it's, they're, they're taking delight in, no, we're going to put you in prison, and you're going to, we're going to make it even worse. I mean, killing you would be merciful. Now we're just going to, we're going to put you in, in prison, and he probably figured I'm going to a death camp. Um, uh, yeah, I was on board, uh, like you. Of course Once you were, Paul. Of course. Of course. You know, and Brisson, I love Brisson. And like Yoshi, I give this an 8.5. Hey! Wow. Two 8.5. Paul and I are on wow. the pulse lately. We keep, pulse. We, keep, we keep going. I know last show we had 8.4s together on something, so. Why don't you guys just kiss? We were about to. We're about <laughs> one rank, ranking away from kissing each other. You guys are right. thumping together. Yeah, yeah. We are totally Well, you know, don't worry. It's a bunk bed situation. We got the top bunk, but I know you guys are both about to shit on this movie, so you guys can take the bottom. <laughs> shall, we, shall we take the bottom bunk? Yeah, let's take the bottom bunk. Who are you passing it to, Paul? I will pass it to Aaron. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, yeah, I... Uh, you know, it's it's the pacing of the movie. This is this is a slow grind. Uh, it's a dreary grind. But I actually was pleasantly surprised that we didn't get a bunch of execution scenes and kind of mm -hmm. going into that route where it was more about the violence and um, you know, like that's been done so much. And so I I enjoyed that we pulled back from that and got into we got into turning to the wall turning to the turning wall. To the wall. And there's something about that. I don't know what it is with me in cinematography, but I enjoy uh, representations or, you know, yeah, the shots go off and it's like, was that my, was that my neighbor? Like, was that my cell or not a cellmate, but like just, just creating those sounds off screen and creating the tension of like, you know, did my best friend just die? Oh no, he's fine. He's knocking back. You know, mm -hmm. like I like those things we didn't need to see in the, cellmates room you know you like keeping the audience's perspective within the main character's perspective it, yeah that's a good way to mm -hmm. to think about it yeah it's like i i really like the point of view because we get to know one person I, I i'm a big character development guy so it's like getting to know one person so well like that's that's my thing like mm -hmm. that's what i love about tv shows like prison break oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting i was seeing a lot of prison break in this you know <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is, this is, I feel like I'm getting flashbacks, but it's all happening in a feature, which is kind of nice. 
Um, so we'll go into more things, but Aaron gives this an 8.1. Wow. Oh, wow. There we go, buddy. There we go. I'm actually on this oh, brisson and yeah, because, yeah. and it might have something to do with the ending because I got my redemption yeah. without rape. You know, like, <laughs> I got redemption for this film. I got, I got the ending I wanted yeah. and I got all the tension in between. And I'd like to later talk about, I see a lot of, cause I'm in my Hitchcock class I'm seeing a lot of inspiration from Hitchcock, the way you come oh. in. And like even our intro, we just saw he's like, you know, fluttering with the handle. Oh, but not not yet. Not yet. Is it time? Well, maybe I'll go for the hand. No, 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 no. And that creates something in you. And that's that's Hitchcock all the way. Okay. I'll I think tell we you might what. have to start the conversation with that. Okay. Um, but wow, I think that's your highest person ranking. Oh, it, it absolutely sure. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No is. competition. Points higher. <laughs> Well, Chris, is it about to be 1v3? Is yep. Aaron joining yep. us in the top bunk? That's all I need to. Uh, yeah, Aaron's I mean, on the top bunk. <laughs> like I was in college, I am just going to be just crawling up on my bed and just listening as someone else is doing the fucking. Uh, <laughs> These bed references. I did not like this movie. Of course you did. I did not. <laughs> I felt the pacing was fucking like i got blue balls from trying to have him escape like and it even brought up in the movie of was like are you are you gonna do it like you're, you're so careful and like even the whole thing is like oh i don't want to have the door slam and have it it's like okay that's a cool detail but like why do i need to know about it uh-huh. like you're you, you we're gonna disagree on this but like you're supposed to be entertaining me you are supposed to be showing me something that I don't see in real life because why would I go to the movies if not to be showing something super fantastical or something that I would not be able to see? I could sit in my room and get the exact same experience as this film, in my opinion. But I'm going to save your retort for after my ranking. I give this film a 6.0. Oof. Bringing our... Bringing our total for terrible, so bad. <laughs> bringing our bringing our uh, our total for a man escaped to a seven point eight. Did you? How did you do that? I did it already. When, oh, you, wow. when he gave his ranking, I added. Oh, that was wow. smart. Really good. Yeah, I was watching yeah. you. At least you're good at something, Chris. Not you good know? at reviewing movies, but God, you're good. Oh, at, you're good at directing fuck the fucking show. <laughs> you. You're good at math. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 6.0 is 6. very It is well. an hour and 40 minutes of watching this guy just like, I'm going to take this spoon and go down the floor. Like, just cut forward to where you do something. Like, I like planning and I like showing, like, tension and everything, but it was so goddamn slow. It was so slow. Like, you can't you can't not agree with that. Are it was you, definitely... texting me right now, Paul? No, I'm just uh, jotting down the scores here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, but we're, what were you, so if, if we eliminate that, I, I don't know what you have then. I, I, I guess if, you know, if, if, if what you're saying is, okay, an American audience is used to great escape and these, you know, John's, well, this, this predates know, all that. This yeah, is in 56. Six, so it's Look, like, the, the film opens up right away. He says in text, Prasan says, this is a true story, and I'm going to show it to you as it happened, yes. without anything else. He says that in the text, in mm-hmm. so many words. He says, this is a true story, and I'm just going to show what happened. I'm not going to make mm-hmm. anything else of it. 
I'm not going to add little moments of action, which he could have done when, when, when he was escaping with the officers. In fact, do we ever see an officer's face? I can't even yes. remember seeing an officer's face. If we do, it's very rarely. Moment, yeah. But he's, he's, he actually definitely uh, tried to avoid showing the German officers. I mean, mm -hmm. essentially, he wanted it, the story to be focused on something besides all the action. Besides, yeah. besides the action. Um, oh, I was just going to say I like that choice, though, now that yeah. I think about it. Like, think about being a prisoner during this time. You don't want to make eye contact with the, the guards, you know? It, remember how I was earlier you said it's from a POV? Yeah. Well, that POV is like, keep your head down, don't get shot, don't call anyone's attention, don't look at anybody, you know? So it's interesting you bring up that, that attention to detail because that is probably how it felt to be that prisoner where it's like you don't, you don't even want to make out anyone's face. Yeah. No eye contact. Hassan wanted us to have an inkling of a of a relation to what it might be like to be keeping your head down and not making eye contact with the uh, with the, the your prisoners and to be solely focused on your work what's so funny Chris? i was i just looked up and paul's looking at me like he is right now where it's just like you're an asshole <laughs> no it's not chris no, i think you he's saying chris are you listening i'm <laughs> listening boy um but your your argument at the top is again it's an argument you make often and it's a boring it's a boring and yeah because this movie is argument. boring. Well, like, I don't deny that it's not boring, but like I think if we're gonna get into it, the work of life can be boring. The tediousness of it, the repetitiveness of it. I I was I was hoping to say this, but I have no choice. For me, this film has an alchemical quality to it. There's a lot of alchemy going on in this film. So in alchemy, there's just, I won't go super deep into it. There's prima materia, which is the raw material that yeah. you're given at birth, essentially what God gives you to work with. And the alchemists typically also refer to the prima materia as being baseless and also potentially like feces. So it's like, it has this kind of like earthy shit quality. It's all of the passions in us that sort of lead us into getting into trouble um, because they're sort of raw and primordial. And then for the alchemists, the life's work is called the opus. That's the work that you do throughout your life to turn that raw material into gold, from lead to gold. And then the gold is the lapis, which is, is the work that at the end of the day. So the thing that for, the al for, for alchemy the thing that you start with, that all the things that God gives you that, that are your weaknesses, that are the things that you know what society might teach you to sort of like get rid of, it's actually using those things and sort of transforming them is what is going to make you a complete individualized person. And the reason why I ended up loving this film is because this film focuses in on the opus, on the work the the work that over a lifetime seems so dull and monotonous and tedious and boring things like like carving away every single day at at your prison wall with a spoon things like harpening a hook together through these cloth that was sent to you from your family all these things that he had to be so attentive to and had to believe in all the way and do every single day 
in order to get into a place where he even had the possibility of breaking free from his prison walls, of even tasting freedom. And all he had to work with was the prima materia, the raw things that God gave him. All he had to work with was the things that were right there in front of him. And so the metaphor here is you have everything you need to break free from your prison, to, to, to taste freedom. It's all right there in front of you. But you might be blind to it because they don't seem obvious tools. Mm -hmm. You have to really be meticulous and really attentive to realize that everything you need is already right in front of you. You're just thinking that you need X, Y, and Z that's out there. But really, you have to use what God gave you. So the very weaknesses that God gave you are actually your biggest strengths. And I think that this movie, more than any other, showed that. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, that's amazing that you, you got all that um, that metaphor going on for life. Because look at what happened to the guy that rushed it. Look at to the guy that said, no, exactly. I, I can't, I can't, let, let's just go, let's just go. And he just sprints and it's like, you, you didn't take the time. You yeah. didn't, I, I gave you the map. I told you what to do. I told you how to do it. And he wasn't, he just wanted to rush it. So it's interesting connecting those two and seeing that. It's the same thing with the lighthouse. Have you guys seen the lighthouse? <clears throat> Have you seen the lighthouse? No, not no. Yet. Robert Eggers. Have you seen the lighthouse? Yeah. What the fuck, guys? You're on a fucking film review show? And you have Put it guys? on the How show. How many of these films have you seen? Zero, because they all <laughs> suck, probably. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we're actually going to start watching some modern films in the show, uh, much to probably everyone else's uh, liking. Well, because they don't have a you know uh, an alchemical prima nocta, uh, you know. <laughs> prima nocta. Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, judo, 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 you know, Hieronymus Yosh. Yosh kind of vibe to them because they're not teaching us how to take our fucking, you know, our stone that we're given from, you know, the angels at birth and turning it into gold. I oh. agree. Yeah. But, but that's, I'm so glad you bring that up because mm -hmm. that's exactly it. And that just drives my point home even further is that, you know, in, in the lighthouse, the reason I bring that up and I won't get too far into that, but, um, essentially uh, Robert Pattinson's character tries to rush something and it's basically the lighthouse itself in the film is off limits. You can't go up to the light um, because so now you're thinking Icarus, if you get too close to the sun, it'll burn you kind of thing. That's kind of what Robert Eggers plays with in that film. But the lighthouse is off duty, but Robert Pattinson, even though he's been told this many times by Willem Dafoe, at the end of the film, he ends up tresp basically trespassing and going up there. And I won't give the very ending away, but it doesn't end good for him. He, 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 like Icarus, burns and melts and is sort of damned to eternal hell because he tries to rush the process and go straight to the light rather than doing his due diligence and his work to earn that access to the light. And that's what happens in this movie as well. Is our main character, who has a great name, by the way. What is it? It's, uh, Fontaine. Fontaine. Uh, Fontaine. I was, me and Zoo were joking because we think Safty is one of the coolest last names. Oh. And Fontaine Safty would be the coolest art, art, artsy name ever. But I would Fontaine. bully the shit out of Fontaine Safty, bro. Fontaine. I'm Fontaine Safty. <laughs> Come on, dude. My that's... dad directs films. <laughs> <laughs> Josh and Benny, if you're listening, I'd like to become oh. your third brother. And, I would, and I'm actually going to become Fontaine as well. So. Fontaine Safdie is born. Oh um, but where was I going with that? Um, uh, Fontaine, he makes every single right decision. He, like, he, does, he never makes a wrong decision. He makes every single decision correctly. He knows that he has to be very patient. Uh, 
how many times did we see him have an opportunity to advance his plan, but he ended up holding back mm-hmm. and, and, and waiting? I mean, it happened like five, six times. So this whole film is a big analogy for life. I mean, that's what but, most films are. But, but what do we yeah. go to watch films about? Do we go to watch films about people who are exceptional and make the right decision all the time? No, we go and watch people who are flawed. Because we want to learn. Agree. There's people. no. There's no rhyme or reason to what a film has to be about. It. It, it can be. A, it can be an example of how to go about life. But it's not as. It's not as obvious. It's not like you picked up on all, all these things that I'm. That I'm saying. I mean. Obviously not. Yeah. It, but it's. It's there to interpret that way if you want to interpret it that way, and that's why I think this film is cool. It's not as as simple as you led the conversation off of saying it's just like a documentation of like something that is just reality and why would I go watch somebody, you know, break out of prison with a spoon when I can just do it myself was basically your argument at the thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could sit here and do the work and get the same alchemical reaction that you're describing, but I just happen to watch someone else do it. You can't break out of a prison, Chris, because you're not in one. But I'm saying <laughs> if I was in a prison I could do that. But that's why you go to see the movie, because you're not. Maybe I need to go to prison. <laughs> we, we can make something happen. Well, I mean, <laughs> when, you, when you lead off the conversation with your argument being something as stupid as it wasn't entertaining, so you're, you're, it wasn't entertaining when our whole show is about watching films that aren't entertaining. No, we are, our, our, our job, I would say, as, as film, uh, you know, our, whatever our, our thing on our website says, uh, reporters, is to interpret and to take what it meant to us. I don't belate your point when you give Akira a four because you don't like how the Japanese animate things. Like, <laughs> well, I think if we're gonna go back to that, I don't think that you guys ever are offered me an argument as to why I should like the film. I mean, you guys talk, you guys gave it credits and merit it for its achievements. I remember, yeah. but I don't think any of you really told me what was so cool about the story or or why it was so. Genius, and you can and you can point to your interpretation based on the books that you've read and based on the experiences that you've had and your lens in seeing this movie. But that doesn't make the movie good. That makes the movie good to you, right? And I'm not saying that the movie is good or bad. I yeah. was only saying that your argument for why it was bad was bad within itself. Now we're going down fucking Christopher well, Nolan. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, every every argument eventually divulges into about the argument itself, right? So, well, we're not in an argument. I just, uh, I guess, You're I'm not? just pushing you to to explain to me why this film is a six. Because it's it's not. It, it, I was not entertained. I tried to find those nuggets that you're describing. And I could not find them. And Fair it enough. wasn't through any fault of my own or you know any any sort of lack of knowledge or anything like that. I was just extremely bored. Because I was taking this this person in front of me, doing laborious things and not making a wrong choice, yeah. always making the right choice, and made out to be this kind of savant. Like we never see or, or hear we we hear about how he's a brilliant or he blew up a bridge, which you know might play into the fact like okay we don't want to see any action because it's from his perspective. But I would have liked to at least be introduced to our hero in an interesting way rather than just a guy in a taxi going somewhere and he's like oh i'm gonna go for this this door oh maybe not not so much oh i'm gonna do this <laughs> and then not so much like it's just you're giving me blue balls with film i can understand that i thought and i don't mean this to make it a one yeah, yeah. one versus one no, you guys can good. jump in as yeah. much as you want fuck you <laughs> but my <laughs> that one peaks. i would say that his escape was pretty entertaining yes it, 
Come okay. on. The the escape portion of it, but it took us an hour and 30 minutes to get there. Well, you know yeah, what? Because it Good things very, take time. Yeah, at a very rudimentary level, we're in prison with him. I mean, we're going through these sort of, sort of banal, you know, daily activities that are leading to an eventuality where he is going to risk, when he feels that his degree of certainty is pretty high, his chance to escape. And... So yes, it's that's the thing. It's plotting. It is the day in the life. It is, uh, it is the that fraternity of prisoners that yes, they were all commonly linked as resistance fighters to the Nazis. Yet within the resistance, there is a little bit of skullduggery and mistrust, and and you know, is he going to get us all killed if he does something? And um, yeah, like if, when the, if he has the chance to hide the pencil right. or to own up to the, having the pencil right. so that he could save all his brothers and he chooses not to, right. taking that risk. It's a big risk. And, yeah. and then it's then it does, uh, then it sort of follows, then it is, I guess thematically then becomes like all against one because that's what could transpire. Uh, but yeah, it felt like it was a realistic sort of journey through that daily you know prison life but we it was getting to a point where he was going to at least attempt to escape yes the title suggests that someone escaped um and that's the eventuality when we get there it will seem like he has made a very comprehensive thorough decision to escape it is this moment now when i must go and even then he is nearly tricked by you know, uh, an allegiance to a young boy who could be good or bad. And it's like, oh, my God, I've got in this entire thing wrapped up with the degree of certainty I need to escape. And now can I trust this person to come with me? And it, it, I don't know, it just felt like he had, you know, Bresson had done enough to keep me in this space. And then at each time when I thought we were ready, like just something new is added, like, oh, my goodness, this is this going to foil this hour and something attempt to get out of this space? I don't know, but I'm I'm going to see these two do a very entertaining escape with hooks and and rope climbs and you know shimmies and yeah I don't know it I thought it was thrilling I do I do too and 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 again. It's not. It's not that we're watching like this perfect savant. It's. It's an example of trust. You know. It's like he. He at the end of the day, he chose to trust everything that was thrown his way, and the only help he had again was the tools that were already with him, um, the cloth that was sent by his family, or whoever sent that mm-hmm. to him, and then this man who God or the universe put in his cell with him. And at the end of the day, he could have chose to not trust this guy, kill him, for example. But would he would he have escaped without him? I think he needed him at the end of the day. And so he chose to say yes to life and to trust what was put in front of him. And that's why it worked. It wouldn't have worked if he hadn't trusted what the universe thrust upon him. Ah! Ah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to get into the uh, technical elements of the shooting process. Um, You were talking about... 
Hitchcock at the beginning. As I said before, yeah, this had very Hitchcockian vibes. Ooh, uh, Hitchcockian. Hitchcockian, you know. Well, we've seen uh, Strangers on the Train, you know, uh, in this podcast. And when you watch a film like that, you notice, like, you know, the, the moment where he, like, put his arm down the grate and he's, like, reaching for the lighter and the way that tension plays out, you know, we get similar vibes. He's reaching up to feel the pencil. This is where the pencil is yeah. or the door handle, you know, something like that. Um, I just, it's, it's very interesting because he was so meticulous about his choices down the road and something as small as the pencil, which it was like, give the pencil back. That could take your life. Well, no, 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 no. Like that, that pencil actually became a leveraging tool later on with the, uh, the kid. And he said, hey, this is where the pencil is. It was a test for the kid. It was like, if this kid is with the Germans, he's going to betray me and say, I, oh. you know, I found the pencil. And that was what he was hiding. Because uh, the I kid would have thought. Yeah. So he was literally testing the kid, you know, and this was an integrity thing. And I thought that was genius because, it, you know, the pencil was in the wall a specific way. He had ground it into the wall. And I just thought that that was such a genius moment in this film where it was like, okay, here's the pencil. Is he going to betray me? He didn't betray me. Now I'm going to trust him. Like, let's, let's go forward with the movie. Mm. Um, Another 45 minutes of making out that door. Escaping through the door. <laughs> I'd like to also point out there were some interesting moments where I was like. Was it the shot of the door or the shot of the window? <laughs> No, it was actually when they got out of the prison cell. When they got out of the prison cell, they're coming down that rope, right? I mean, a good, what, mm -hmm. 30, 40 feet? I didn't see any harness. I didn't see, I, I don't know if it was a stunt double, but it sure looked like he was coming down that wall with just arms. Yep. Was that was that yeah. just like a real deal? Like, hey, you got this, right? I don't know that that's that hard. I mean, you know, it's just the way films are made nowadays. It's like, okay... Megan Fox, we're going to put you on the rope, and then we're going to cut, bring in the double. She's going to come down. Fox. She's it's going to come down. With the, we got the harness. Don't worry. We got five points for you. There's yeah. no way you're going to fall. I mean, this guy was literally like, oh, shit. Like, well, for sure, it, you know, they had it. They probably had padding at the bottom. Maybe that was, yeah. It was 1956. That was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, we lost an actor. All right. Rewrite. <laughs> <laughs> and if we want to get into the actor, like, he did not seem like an actor to me. I mean, I hope someone did research on this guy. No? Okay. <laughs> no, well, he, he acted this and then became later became a director. And, okay. You know, his son did, uh, like, the Transporter movies. And so, oh. so, yeah, he had a very accomplished career as his a His son director. did the Transporter movies? Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was, Mr. Tell. Statham? <laughs> so Mr. The, the actor's name is Francois Leterrier. Right. Oh, yeah. His son. Yeah. Wait, but, like... Sylvain? Sylvain? I'm, I'm going to oh, keep touching right. this, like... His his acting, while, you know, minimal, didn't impress me. Oh, it was great. It was just a lot of, I loved it. No, I thought it was perfect. It was really good. See, you know what's interesting is I was watching the movie and I was like, I was even saying to Cicely, I was like, this is what acting's about. Like, everyone thinks it's about, you know, creating, oh, I need to be so emotional, or da-da-da-da. Well, you know, how do you play numb? How do you play shock? You know? There's, there's moments where even in uh, other films we see, you know, a man dies in a very violent manner. 
It's like, which is also the sequel to this film. Yeah. Man dies. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, how do you, how do you react to, you know, that moment? Like, like this, like, Oh, and I want something. So yeah, that's basically what that's acting right there. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow. Where's my, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, so I, I like the subtle plays and, uh, it's just so real. I mean, that's, that's what I want out of performance, especially in such a um, monotone style movie. I mean, we don't need something big here. We need meticulous um, uh, nature. We need what it feels like to be day 45 in mm-hmm. a cell, Absolutely. scraping at the wall and my, ah, mm-hmm. oh, my spoon fucking broke. Where am I going to get a spoon, Chris? Where so am I going to proceed into himself? Me. That's all it is. It's just yeah. he has to literally be blank to the Nazis. I, he has. He doesn't have to emote. He doesn't have to show anything. Just uh, demonstrate that I, my life, I am becoming my prison cell. Here, let me ask you a question for all the actors at the table. Uh, your wardrobe in this movie. Would you let them wash it for you? No. I, I did have an issue with the shirt looking the same the whole movie. Yep. I was like, you're at a wash basin, dunk your shirt or something. Like, yeah. it, it could have looked a little weathered. I mean, still, you know, the blood stains, but it literally looked like day one shooting. Okay, we're, you know, a few weeks into the shooting, and now it is the same outfit. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking that like, that was a choice because the, the line was like, I don't know how long I've been here, four days for years, for months. Mm. So I thought that was the whole thing is like the whole point of it is to not know mm. how long, which I thought was dumb. <laughs> Just why I gave it a 6.0. <laughs> but I understood why they did it. Of just like, oh, okay. You always pick up on the wardrobe, Chris. I yeah. Guess. I'm yeah. always just focused on their clothes. As you can see my fucking knees on this wide shot right now. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, okay. So I do have a couple of technical issues I want to bring up because okay, sure. there were some that like stuck out to me. I'm like, uh, when he like takes, when, uh, <laughs> you're going to like put that on a loop. Yes, I am. Instagram loop. Um, the guard he took out, it just, it didn't do it for me. Okay. Yeah. That was interesting. It was like, okay, wait a minute. Somebody like is going to find him. There was no noise. Like, I don't know. It's yeah, just, I agree. I the think realism. It was he, like they, he asked a bit too much of us, too much suspension of, mm-hmm. of belief there. I mean, first of all, oh, when shit. he turned the corner, maybe it was because he, in case the gun was pointed at right. him, he wanted to act like he was surrendering. Right. Was that what that That's was? That's what I thought. I'm uh, like, okay. He's like, Ooh. and then you hear nothing. Yeah. For a and minute. He's like, yeah. Hmm. And then he's just like, all right. Cool. Cool. That <laughs> yeah. went just as planned. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am the savant who's going to break out of this prison. <laughs> so you have to have his thing on a loop, and then you have to do a couple zoom ins on that, <laughs> and then God. just like a perfect, a perfect eye line for my for my lighting. That, that he always had uh, uh, Fontaine in perfect eye line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was beautiful lighting in the film. No, but but yeah, there are some. There's of course moments that are kind of like what the fuck. 1956. Know? I mean, 1956. Yeah. So how do you think he took ago. that guard out, Paul? Well, alchemically. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what you have inside your body yeah. are these mini knives. Ah. And they actually the extensions are fingers. Oh. 
So he stabbed him to death? Stabbed him to death. Uh, exactly. So he was Wolverine. We just didn't know. Um, this was the actually, prequel. He was Lady Wolverine. Deathstrike. Oh. If we're talking X-Men. <laughs> X-Men. There's Technically, a, he was yeah. Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, she's the one with the... Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that that was a bit... Uh, that was a bit weird. Um, I got something else. What else? Or, yeah. do you, I, I, I do enjoy that the... Uh, that he needed to have that guy die to know he needed three hooks. Like that was an interesting part of the movie where it was like, wow, if, if I didn't, if, if that guy didn't make that sacrifice, I would have been dead. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able mm-hmm. to get over that last leg. Supposedly. Right. I don't, I don't really know how that works. Technically. Couldn't he have brought the hooks with him around every corner? Actually, now that I'm like unpacking this, <laughs> couldn't he have brought those hooks with him and just well, thrown he- it? Why did he need three hooks? Because once you use a hook, you can't. Because he was planning on escaping by himself, too. So if you put a hook here, then you go down that rope. You can't get that hook. It's That hook's there. Well, that was one hook, okay? One hook. Then he did up the wall. Right. And then he did did over. Over the the roof. So why did he need three? He was going to use one to kill the guard. Was that it? He was going to use one. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense mathematically. But because he, he comedy did. comes in threes. So why didn't he use the hook, though, to, to kill the guard? Seemed Yeah, he didn't have the hook with him. Could have gone like a... Yeah, like... Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Nine, it's like an assassin's family. creed. <laughs> <My> family. <laughs> I have a small boy named Klaus. Well, I mean, look, it, it definitely was slow, and there was some technical stuff. Um but I like that he didn't use, you know, any cliches of like having like, you know, a friendly uh, officer that helped him right. or like officers yeah. that came and beat him yeah. every day. You know, like the officers mm-hmm. basically were just not, mm-hmm. they weren't even really part of the story. No. And uh, yeah. yeah, that worked better. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good point of view film. And for people studying film, it's an interesting take on how you can move a story. You know, where do you want the camera to be? And I think early filmmakers don't think like that. They just shoot. They just, all right, let's just get this. And it's like, well, wait, why is the camera there? Like, do you want them to be a, a, voyeur, a voyeur, you know? Are you seeing something you shouldn't? Are you seeing what it's like to be that person? Are you seeing what it's like to be somebody else? Like, yeah, these perspectives are great to study, you know? And it's hard to see at first when you start watching film. But then as you see it, you're like, that's a, that's a cool choice. We feel like that man. Mm. You know, it's good suspense. Yeah, I was brought back to our, our good pal Clouseau's mm-hmm. uh, film, Wages of Fear. Ah, um, I've actually watched this a couple of times mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. preparation of that film. Mastering that tension. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Any closing remarks, Paul, Chris? Aaron? I feel no. like you and I have spoken recently, so I'm trying to, trying to. I know. No, I, I, uh, I think we've, I've covered. I uh, thought of Sisyphus, a bit. Yeah, I, you know, I, because you made the point earlier, Yoshi. I'll just throw it out. Obviously, he when he pulled from from John the, um, you know, the gospel that yes, tells you who Jesus is, right? Um, instead of you know a synoptic gospel that says, oh, this is kind of what happened, you know. Um, I just thought that was a nice little note there. I'm like, okay, we're gonna. If there's a correlation there between, you know, the gospel according to John and life in prison, we're going to see what life in prison is like. This isn't going to be, 
because it was interesting because we are getting what the 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 true story of uh, the gentleman's name is Devigny, who was a resistance fighter, and he chronicles all this, and we actually see it happen in prison. I think uh, that I'm seeing it the way it it was, and yeah, you know, we uh, through the course of you know from DCS one to DCS twenty have found movies that have had history that has woven itself into the movie, whether it's Italian resistance, uh, obviously here the French resistance. I think it's important, just these historical notes, which are really, really, um, you know, really inform, uh, you know, these, you know, the plot line and, you know, the story structure. So it was just a nice little touch that he added. Um, Brisson himself of, oh. was a, was a French, um, yeah. what do you call Man. it? A French man. French man who was arrested then. You know, uh, French a, resistance a, fighter. Oh, really? Yes. 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 Part of the military. Yeah. yeah for so this bit. was very personal, very personal to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can feel that. Yeah. It, it was so detail oriented. I think so too. Which is a special experience for us because he focuses on the things like the pencil and the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, those are very personal choices. Right. Very creative. I've never seen well, that. I, wa- I wonder how much of that came from this guy's memoir of. of the escape. Mm. Yeah. How, how many true. of those details actually, because he said at the beginning that it all was true. So I don't know. Yeah. Pulling the f- bed frame, the metal from the bed mm-hmm. frame. That was genius. Oh, I wrap it around opposite. I thought it was, I was like, at first I was like, why did he not just put on new clothes and then just use the rags that he'd been shitting in all for weeks. And then I was like, Oh, maybe the rags aren't strong enough. Like, would you want to trust old rags? Or would you Mm. want new clothes to hang from, you know? Mm. So that seemed like a good choice now in retrospect. That reminds me of a biblical uh, reference of um, when making new wine, not to put it in old bottles, Mm. um, to put them in new bottles. Mm. And, And I think the idea of that text is about uh, old bottles will have residue of like, past memories and and past you know experiences that can just weigh you down you want to fully reinvent yourself and put 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 the new wine in the new bottle but to back to john 316 like what do you think the significance of 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 that was of bringing that specific quote from the bible into the film with the wind um you know almost like is he um he to me was wind like he is uh um something a resistance a force has has sort of blown him into mm-hmm. you know into prison um because they they were the wind pushing back against the nazis but they were overwhelmed and here he is but he is going to start up again and he's swirling i mean these are the things that happen in nature whether it's moon tides and you know the cresting wave in the distance and you know a tornado formation it's just like he is going to start his personal journey which is his wind to resist back and find his way out. So to me, it was like it just made perfect sense thematically. Like, okay, we pulled what uh, you know this uh, passage about the wind and its movement. I said that's what's going to happen here. But it's going to it's brewing for the better part of an hour and ten minutes, and then eventually it will start to blow its way out of the out of the the prison. So you know, I think he he tied that uh, together very very well using a gospel, which really is this is how Jesus was, not you know sort of you know 
Right. But just a little context, what, what John 3.16 is about is Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is trying to understand why Jesus is starting his ministry um, and getting followers, because Nicodemus was under the was under the impression that Jesus was going to get together an army and actually fight the Romans. That's what all the rabbis thought as well. And Jesus is like, they're sitting on a rooftop, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I've come to point out sin and, and to make everyone aware of sin and, and to help people be born again. And Nicodemus is like, well, what, what do you mean born again? Like, do you mean like I have to go back into my mother's womb and like literally come out again? Because that's not an option because she's dead. So like, what do you mean born again? And he's like, to be born again, like means that, you know, the flesh is the flesh. And people who are living in the flesh are essentially prisoners to their own primal desires, which is why this film, I don't think it's supposed to be taken literally. This prison is the prison that we're all in, and it's the flesh. To be born again is to escape that prison and to be born of the spirit. And the spirit, he compares to wind. And he asks Nicodemus, where, where does the wind come from? And Nicodemus is like, well... I don't know. And Jesus is like, well, where is it going? And he's like, I, I don't know. And he's like, then how do you know it's there? And Nicodemus is like, well, I feel it. And he's like, that is what it means to be born again of the spirit. Hmm. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going, but you know it's there and you're going to go with it. You're not going to be deterministic. You're not going to be uh, in the flesh. And that's exactly what this character does throughout the film. He goes with the flow. He uses what's around him. When someone comes into his cell, he goes with the flow. He trusts the process, and he is born again. He's free. Season two of The Chosen is available now. <laughs> That's great. It actually is. Uh, go check out The Chosen. It's a TV show that I work on. If you're interested in learning more about John 3.16, go to season one, and they do that scene so poetically. Season two is out now. Download The Chosen app for free to watch episode one of season two. Of the chosen, and if you don't mind me saying, it's a very good show, and everyone who watches it will get three stimmies sent to their household. And in my home state of Vermont, we lead a shining example as to why you should watch the chosen, and why we should all get free stimmies and free fucks for life. Thank you very much. <laughs> Got a special visitor <laughs> coming into Dead Cinema Society Twenty. Oh uh, my! A 